It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. I'm hearing such amazing things on social media from all of you who enjoy listening. So thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have these conversations on a regular basis every week with some of my old friends and some of my new friends, which is what we're doing today. You know and love my buddy, Pete Hegseth, and now he's a regular on the Janice Dean podcast. This week, we are traveling to Florida for the Patriot Awards, which we're all so excited about. Pete has been hosting the Patriot Awards since the very beginning, and over the last few years, the demand for tickets to be part of such an incredible event has gone up tenfold. We sold out, I think, in just a matter of hours. And we've got all sorts of Fox News friends that will be joining us, including the hosts of The Five, Tucker, and Gutfeld. I'm going to be doing my podcast in front of a live audience there, which will be so fun. We're going to talk to Pete about some of the people that are going to be honored this year. But first, this past Friday was Veterans Day, and I was recently made aware of an organization based out of Kentucky called Lady Veterans Connect, an organization created to provide high-quality, comprehensive services to assist female veterans in transitional support and to prevent homelessness. LVC has connected over 500 lady veterans in Kentucky with needed resources, and they say not a single night has passed without occupancy in the Thurman Abbott House, which is where they run the organization. As of 2019, Lady Veterans Connect board members and volunteers have logged over 28,000 hours serving veterans. LVC has purchased and has currently completed renovations on an elementary school in Winchester, Kentucky, to house 32 female veterans. This week, the LVC is having a special auction to raise money for their organization, with several opportunities to win some memorabilia starring one of Kentucky's most famous horses, Rich Strike, the 2022 winner of the Kentucky Derby. And you guys know how much I love to cover the horse racing. So let's bring on two of the ladies involved in this incredible organization, Karen Weaver and the founder, Phyllis Abbott. I appreciate you both being here, and I I love your foundation and what you're doing, and I love Rich Strike, so this will be wonderful to to promote. Thank you for promoting us. Of course. Okay, Phyllis, I'll I'll start with you because you're the, the founder of Lady Veterans Connect. How did you, what made you decide to do this? I decided back in 2012 uh, to work with veterans. Wasn't really sure how. Did a lot of research for a couple of years and found out women veterans are the most underserved uh, part of the uh, veteran population and that women veterans are the fastest growing segment of the homeless population. So that made my decision. Wow. Now, are you a veteran yourself? No, I am not. But you have people in your family that are? Yes, on both sides. I tell people I'm serving now. (laughs) I love that. Uh, And Karen, how did you get involved? I really don't know. I don't remember. I've been involved for so long. Um, I I met Phyllis, and uh, I am a veteran. And 
it was just something that touched me, and I decided I'll get involved and do what I can do. Tell me about your service, Karen. Um, I was active duty in the Air Force. And then after leaving active duty, I spent some time with the reserves and uh, with C-130s in Georgia. And then um, after the first Gulf War, I left because there was a drawdown in forces and I had injured myself before the Gulf War and just decided it was a good time to leave. Hmm. How did you get involved? Like, what made you decide to serve? Um, I was married to an Air Force helicopter pilot who was killed on active duty. And I just loved the military life and decided I would join and finish out what he had started. Oh, my gosh. What a touching story. Tell me about your late husband. Um, He was a um, helicopter pilot, um, and we were stationed at... uh, Fairchild Air Force Base. We both graduated from University of Kentucky. And, uh, you know, this was back during the Vietnam era. And um, he was out flying back seat. He wasn't even flying the helicopter that day. And uh, they had an accident and went upside down into the Spokane River and three people died. I'm so sorry. How long were you married for? Three years. Oh, my goodness. And that made you realize you wanted to serve. That's quite an incredible story. Thank you. Mm. Wish it could have ended them differently, but that's the way we go. Yeah. I love what you're doing. And, you know, I I really didn't think much about women serving. I mean, obviously, I know that it's that it happens. Um, what is the percentage of women that that decide to serve? Do you know? I think it's 18% now, right, Karen? It's, yes, around there. And the numbers keep going up. Hmm. And is there, you know, is there uh, a draw in what you did, per se? Or what are, what are women sort of drawn to when it comes to service? I think one thing is, you know, you have a stable income. Uh, you know that... You know, your term of service, you can decide on that you know, after your initial enlistment, you can extend or leave. It's just one of the things that's, and I guess, duty and honor to country. Hmm. You know, it's, I wanted to serve to let people know that women can do the jobs that men do. Hmm. It took a while for everything to go with um, getting women into the, quote, combat situations. I was uh, an intelligence officer with the F-111s. And uh, at that time when I was in, I was the only female in the squadron. I was the only female in three fighter squadrons that was based at Cannon Air Force Base. <laughs> And then it started opening up to women in maintenance. Uh, later, it opened up navigation for navigator navigator training. And then finally, we got women in the cockpit. And today, there's women are doing everything. I love that. What's that like? What's that dynamic like? It's interesting. It's one of those, you know, like I walk in and 
everybody looks at you like, okay, there's a woman over here. <laughs> she doesn't know anything about airplanes and tanks and guns and all that. So you, know, you had to work twice as hard, mm. at least, to prove that you knew what you were doing. But uh, luckily, I was accepted, and um, I had a great time active duty. Mm. What do you tell young women that want to serve now? Do it. Hmm. Just do, do it. it. It is. Yes. It's it's really worthwhile. Yeah. And Phyllis, tell me, um, I you know, I was shocked by the statistics about women who become homeless after, you know, their service. That's it's incredibly, you know, disheartening. Yes, it is. Women veterans tend to become homeless uh, because they come out. You think of men having PTSD when they come out of the military. Women also do. And their statistics on experiencing military sexual trauma in the military is about one third or better now. And when they come out, they come out uh, with those anger issues from what happened to them in the military regarding sexual trauma. Also, it can be PTSD, as many as our women are serving overseas now in the same battlefield as the men. And they have a hard time readjusting. And one of the things I hear from women veterans often when we have retreats is um, when I got, get a job in the civilian world, um, the women I'm working with don't understand me and they feel more isolated as a result because they don't understand the experiences that the veteran has gone through while she was in. Hmm. I feel like this is something we need to talk more about. Absolutely. Hmm. Karen, what about your experience? You know, you tell women to just do it, but obviously, you know, there there are things that you have to be aware of in your surroundings. That's right. Um, when I went in, like I said, I was the only female in the squadron. They had to make changes for me, like, you know, just the restroom. Hmm. And, um, yes, I did experience some sexual harassment, but it was one of those things I knew what I was getting into by going into that field mm. and working with air crews. And um, there is a, a difference in the, the sexual harassment and trauma that's experienced between officer and enlisted. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, a lot of times the enlisted women feel like, you know, they are being harassed because they're women. Yeah, of course. But, you know, with the senior enlisted people that are over them, they feel like they have no path to report anything or if they did report it, you know, what's going to happen. A lot of, stigma just being female in the in the military sure you know when i went in it was usually the attitude of um you're either looking for a husband or you're gay mm -hmm. and you know that's the only reason you went in which that didn't suit me in any way at all mm -hmm. and i think some of that stigma still exists do you think it discourages women to get into the profession? I think sometimes it does. Yeah. With uh, you know, with reading anything about the uh, the uh, sexual harassment and things that go on, 
but it's important that we get the message out that you know you have to stand up for yourself which i did in numerous occasions if you know and fight back yeah. you know you're not going to do this to me mm-hmm. it's important it's an important lesson um yes and so Phyllis, what kind of services do you provide for women um, that come to your organization? We have a transitional home in Winchester, Kentucky. We bought an old school and converted into housing for women veterans. We can have up to 32 women veterans living there in a one-year program while they're going, um, actually restoring their self-esteem, working on financial planning, preparing for jobs, Nutritional classes, that is a big issue because if you've been homeless for a while, uh, you need to establish that again. Um, our life skills, um, we do some art therapy, yoga, and then our last step is trying our best to restore them with a family member and have that relationship and support when they leave the military, when they leave our place. Now, we are not a drug and alcohol place. If someone comes to us that has an addiction, we try to get them into a facility and then come to us when they get through that program. Mm-hmm. And Karen, what do you do for the for the organization? Whatever Phyllis needs me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example. Well, we just finished our gala and uh, you know, worked on the planning staff with that and getting things set up. And uh, I participate in. Like I said, anything Phyllis needs me to do, I can. She gives me a call and I go. Oh, I love it. I mean, Phyllis, tell me, do you have a success story that you think about when you um, when you go out there and you promote your organization? One of the things that uh, will surprise surprise me when I started the organization, I anticipated our women veterans would be is participating in our program would be probably thirty to forty five. Our youngest one has been 48 and our oldest one's been 73. Hmm. So our younger ones, we work with them to help them get a job. One of the ladies that came to us, uh, she was our youngest one. Uh, She had five children that she had no relationship with. Uh, We worked really hard with her. We got her connected with two of her children. Uh, Now she has support for those children when she left our program. Uh, we never did find the other three. They were, they moved out of state someplace, and we didn't ha- don't have that connection with them. But now she does have family, is enjoying her grandchildren, and being on her own. How do you get funding for your your group? Uh, donations, uh, and we do um, out of our donations of material things. We have four yard sales a year that pays for our utilities there. Um, otherwise, that it's really uh, donations, fundraising. Like we have a good giving campaign coming up to, at the end of this month, which is a last for a week here in Kentucky. So we'll be focusing on that um, a lot. And then we just do fundraising events, and we do have some grants. We have one uh, right now from the Bob Woodford Foundation. Uh, actually, this afternoon, I'm going to be going to Jackson, Kentucky. And we're taking checks to four veterans who lost their homes during the floods in eastern Kentucky. Mm. So that is how part of what we do is reaching out and serving however we need it there. 
you both have serving hearts. That's just, uh, it's quite, you know, heartwarming and touching. Uh, and I want to talk about our favorite horse, Rich Strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got a, 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 you know, quite a bit of memorabilia uh, that is still up for auction. Tell me about that. Okay, um, my connection with Rich Strike is your connection. Yep. Is my brother is Rich Strike's veterinarian. <laughs> and uh, I thought we with this gala coming up and everything and using silent auction items, I asked him, you know, can you, you know, like maybe get a horseshoe that Rich Strike has just worn? And he went all out. Oh. I mean, we have a horseshoe. We have... Uh, hair from his tail has been braided into a nice little exhibit. Listen, this horse um, is gorgeous. I mean, Oh, isn't he? Oh my goodness. To see that horse up in person, I in not in person, but in horse, uh what a beautiful uh I mean animal. I just you look at the coloring of of Rich Strike and just how majestic he is. So any kind of hair from Rich Strike is going to be, you know, gorgeous. Yeah. Well, we also have some dirt and some sweat from <laughs> Churchill Downs. Really? After one of the races. Yes. Oh, little, my goodness. Alan picked that up when he was down there. And uh, some water from when he was rinsed off after the Traverse. Oh, my goodness. And let's see what else. Is, oh, a hat. We have a hat. Uh, that's in the collection, which has um, it's signed by the owner, mm-hmm. the trainer, the jockey, and everyone at uh, Reed Racing who has anything to do with um, Rich Strike. Even the guy who transports him from Reed to Churchill or wherever he's going. So that goes in there. We also have a, a photograph that was taken at the Derby by. Um, can't remember his name now. I've gone blank. Uh, Bob. Oh, I've got it. Bobby Shiflet. Yes, yes. Yes. And uh, he donated that to us and did the framing for the the horseshoe and the dirt and the, and the hair. So, I mean, it's just a, a wonderful package. Also in there, uh, whoever wins this uh, auction gets to spend time at Reed Racing and with my brother and, you know, personalized tour around and get to meet Rich and stand there and, you know, feeding his peppermints and mm-hmm. pet him and all that stuff. So it should be a wonderful day. I love it. It says vial containing dirt from the finish line from the Lucas Stakes at Churchill Downs, sweat droplets from Rich Strike after the race, water from his post-race bath, and, yes. a, and the hat was chewed on and slobbered on by Rich Drake himself. <laughs> yes. Alan made sure that Rich got his, and you can see it in there, little spit drop in there. <laughs> I love okay. it. Also, the uh, horseshoe that's there was one that Rich Strike wore during the Belmont. Mm. And afterwards with training and all that's up until... Uh, you know, he got his new shoes for the next race. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there's a little racing with that included. I love it. Eric Reed is uh, the trainer of Rich Strike, and I've gotten to know him really well. Uh, salt of the earth people. Um, you know, we all know Rich Strike is as one of the greatest uh 
the one of the greatest long shots oh, yes. of all time uh, at the Kentucky Derby goes down in history, really. And and what a fabulous horse! But the thing I like about it the most is that you know the 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 trainer, uh, the people that take care of Rich Strike at Reed Racing, um, you know the owner, uh, the veterinarian of Rich Strike. You know these people are all like wonderful, amazing, hardworking people um, that, you know, would would give you the shirt off their back or the hat off their head. That's right. <laughs> I love it. And when so when do the does the auction close? It will close the November the 30th. OK. And how did the gala go? Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I'm not sure what the numbers that we had there for the uh, female veteran attendees, but it was, um, we did a Roaring Twenties theme, and it was amazing to see people all dressed up and everything. It was just wonderful. Aww. Well, Karen, we had, 80, we had 86 women veterans there, Karen. 86? <gasps> yes. 86 that you've helped or, or just in the, in the, in the neighborhood? Some that we've helped and some that's re- attended our retreats and some just comes to some of our events. Oh, I love this. Well, you know, now that we're connected, uh, I, I hope that I get an invite for next year. <laughs> you definitely will. <laughs> uh, and I can help you with some of those auction items. How about that? Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) We'll get some of the Fox and Friends and Greg Gutfeld and uh, Tucker Carlson. And I'll get some signatures and some books. And and, and maybe we could do like a trip to New York to see uh, a taping of Fox and Friends or something. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's it's we all come together. Right. That's that's the beauty of I love the horse racing. uh, And 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 I, you know, I love obviously what you ladies are doing. It's it's an important um, it's an important thing that we have to recognize. One thing I would like to add, if I may, um, we the latest report came out by the VA for last year that now that VA says there's 16 veterans that commit suicide every day. Mm. Uh, one of our platforms, a primary one, in addition to homelessness for next year, is raising awareness of that 16 veterans that commit suicide. Five of those are women veterans. Mm. And we don't, the public doesn't know that perception. It's not talked about. It's always presumed that it's all male veterans and it's not. I'm glad you told us that. And, uh, and Karen, I want to thank you for your service as well. Well, thank you. I think you know, one thing is to, to add yep. is it's very difficult to get the word out to these homeless women veterans. Mm. They do a lot of, you know, sleeping in their car, uh, you know, camping in the woods, whatever, couch surfing. And to get the word out that we are open, ready for business, and to come see us. Mm. And the location in Winchester is one of the most peaceful places that you could go. Mm. You're just sitting on the front porch, Enjoying Kentucky weather. <laughs> I love Kentucky weather. Um, and give me the website. It's www.lv-connect.org. Or you can just uh, go ladyveteransconnect.org and get it as well. You know, I Googled it. It came right up for me. Good. 
Yeah. All right. And we're on Facebook and. I know I saw you. You're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Yes. All right. And we will have the Rich Strike auction link up for bidding on that on the website this afternoon. I love that. Thank you so much. And um, let's keep in touch, ladies. I want to know how the how the auction goes. And uh, let's start planning for next year's gala. Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Karen and Phyllis for joining us today to talk about Lady Veterans Connect. If you would like to find out more about the group and the auction to bid on Rich Strike swag, you can head to their website, Lady Veterans Connect. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Up next, Pete Hegseth is here to talk about the Patriot Awards happening this Thursday, November 17th at the Seminole Hard Rock Cafe and Casino. Pete is hosting this special show like no other, celebrating patriotism by honoring everyday American heroes who have shown dedication to our nation. Here to tell us what to expect and how to take part, my friend and patriot, a veteran himself and host of Fox & Friends Weekend, here is my friend Pete Hegseth. Pete Hegseth, you made the Dean's List again. Oh, my goodness. Two semesters in a row. <laughs> amazing. Well, I had to bring you up because the last podcast was amazing. One of my favorites. I mean, Will is a close second. He's a decent guy, you know, <laughs> when you catch him on the right day. And then there's Brian Kilmeade, which is yeah. same thing. If you catch him in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to, I didn't thank you for your service. And that bothered me. You don't need to do that. Yes. No, I feel like it's very important, actually. I think all veterans should be thanked for their service. Well, I, I agree with that. I, I will say this. Every time I give a speech or at the Patriot Awards, I know we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the first thing I think about when the lights are on and there's people are clapping for me is I wish all of my guys could have this experience. You know what I mean? Because I get thanked. I get told that all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there are so many guys who don't hear that very often. Mm. And that's why what you just said is so important. Yeah. Is if you know somebody who did something, wore the uniform, find a reason to thank them and recognize that what they did was valuable. It's very important. And that they're valuable now. And you know that coming from a house of service as well. That appreciation is part of what fuels them. Mm. You know, they fueled them when they did it and it fuels them afterwards when they're finding the next chapter of purpose. So I'm grateful for that, but I try to absorb it on behalf of and reflect it back out to so many guys and gals who never, never get a thank you. How did the Patriot Awards come to be? I couldn't tell you exactly... I'd like to take credit for the idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will you right should. here. I should. I I don't know exactly. I don't know if it was me or if it was my wife, Jen, mm-hmm. or if it who who exactly, you know, coined it. But the idea was because CNN had a had a, a heroes something, and that's not what it's modeled after at all, but it was total left-wing social justice activism awards, mm-hmm. right? So it's it could have been a heroes award. It wasn't. And then you've got Hollywood with all these just barf ceremonies. And we were thinking, well, why don't we have a ceremony that just recognizes real heroes, Mm. patriots, for and recognize people who never sought the spotlight? And it was such a almost such low hanging fruit, so obvious that it should be done. Yeah. um, That it quickly became, you know, oh, we know we know what we need to do here. Let's find vets, first responders, you know. 
unsung heroes, young patriots, uh, different categories that fit people who quietly go about their lives and do amazing things and deserve a big old spotlight on them in front of the nation. So many of them are quiet heroes and it's hard for them to take the spotlight. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's why you get a lot of tears very quickly on that stage. It's because many years of hard work, quiet work. um, Listen, we, we, we have the opportunity. We put makeup on and there's lights and cameras trained on us and we get to talk about things we care about and things we love. And we know... There, most 99.9% of people are out there grinding, you know, with no camera on them ever. And then those, those that go the extra mile for, you know, these are people that are not doing it usually on their, as their full-time job. It's a second thing. They're making flags in their garage mm. or they're standing on a street corner waving flags or they're, you know, they've created a, an education system to remind people about World War II or someone who ran into a burning building, uh, who, a vet who had experience and no one else would run in and he did you know, that didn't have to do or take that extra time. And so when you see them stand up there and absorb the applause of the audience, they almost always break down at some level because it's not what they did it for. But everyone out there in the audience is so taken aback by it too because they're they're a part of it. So it really does create a powerful and really neat environment. What's different this year? Well, just that's the challenge every year Yeah, is... I mean, what's different is different nominees, different stories, and the producers do a really, really good job of taking a story that deserves three hours and putting it into a three and a half minute package Mm -hmm. that tells every, as best you can, every aspect of that story so that when that hero comes out to receive their award and before they talk, you feel like you know them, Mm. right? So it's, and we, we try to meet the balance of, yes, there are a lot, you know, uh, Tucker's going to be there. Sean's going to be there. Laura's going to be there. Fox and Friends is going to be there. The Five's going to be there. I mean, a lot of Gutfeld's going to be there. All, a lot of shows are going to be there, but it's not about those shows. Right. So a lot of people come to see those folks and yeah. understandably so, and we love that. But the challenge is always balancing that with keeping the spotlight on the people that were here to celebrate that night. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think this year's show does a nice job of balancing that. Um, people you want to see that you know from TV, but then the stories that you came to hear because you won't hear them anywhere else. So I'd like to say bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. You know, last year we didn't, we didn't sell out. We were coming out of COVID because yeah. we did the first year. Uh, I can't remember where we did it the first year. My goodness. I should be able we to remember that. We did it in that. Florida. Uh, it wasn't at the. It wasn't at the Hard Rock. It wasn't at the Hard Rock. No, I, man, Jen's gonna kill me for not remembering this. I I can't recall. But then it was COVID, so we did it virtually. Okay. And then we did it at the Hard Rock, coming out of COVID, and there were about twenty five hundred seats that we blocked off because it just there wasn't the same you know people attending live events. Mm-hmm. This year we sold it out with two months to go. Oh. So that place is going to be packed. We're giving away some free tickets this weekend to people because there are people that are saying, okay, I bought tickets, but my work schedule changed. Mm-hmm. And they've emailed me and said, I want to give two tickets to a vet or a first responder. Can oh, you help? Oh, my goodness. So we're going to, on the show, put out nominations and then accept, uh, give away a couple of tickets to people uh, who didn't think they could go to the Patriot Awards and will get a chance to. What are? Give me a couple of stories that really touched you. I know every story is amazing, but one that pops into your mind that just, you know, you were just like, oh my goodness, this person. I will do that, but I want to start with a moment from last year's Patriot Awards that really did get me. Uh, It came just weeks, frankly, months, but, you know, after the debacle in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and we had the majority of the families of the 13 that were killed in the audience. 
and oh it, my gosh. and we recognized them from the stage, and it was just one of those feelings where it was so raw, and it was so real, and it was just a room full of gratitude mm. for these people, and there were, I mean, hugs across, and it just, it's one of those things where the applause was not artificial, it was not artificially prolonged, right. the warmth was real, and we put the faces of them up, and, and, and nothing, nothing political about it at all, just... Hey, these people deserve to be remembered. Absolutely, uh, and it's it's a it's really neat. This I'll give a preview of one one from this year that is uh, certainly a story I didn't know, uh, and <clears throat> it's not it's not this is not one of the heartening ones. It's one of these unsung heroes, untold stories. It's a guy on Border Patrol who whose job is to fly in a helicopter and get off and catch runners. But he's been doing it for years and years and years and years and years. And, and he's just this unbelievable um, Hispanic American guy who just forget the politics of is the border open or not. Oh, he, he, he does his job every day. And it's not just interdicting bad people. It's saving people, too, who are left behind by coyotes and other. So we followed him for a number of days down there. Got some amazing footage. And you're going to meet the person who. Forget whether other people want to secure the border or not. He's sometimes he's walking miles and miles a day, tracking down people who have who are either trying to not be found or have been left behind. He gets off his helicopter like fifty times a day. Oh my you know gosh. what I mean? And so just think of the that that's one example. I, I mentioned the burning building one too uh, from a couple of years ago. The vets who uh, who saved a family in a burning building. Where was this? I can't remember where it was, yep. um, but it was it, it just. Once you you see it, and then once you meet them and hear about them, you learn about their families, you learn about their faith, you learn about their service, and you realize that's why they did it. Yeah. Because they were prepared by their parents, and they were prepared by the military, and there was something imprinted on them to do good for others. Mm -hmm. And so they could have died, and they knew what they were doing at the moment when a family was saved because of their action. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just a, an award for heroism that... Uh, it was barely noticed or spotlighted anywhere else. So those are two little little tidbits. Otherwise, I don't want to reveal all of them from of this course. year. Uh, but it's uh, that's the most difficult part is who do you give the awards to? Right. Because I mean, how do you pick the the firefighter or the or the policeman who did something extraordinarily heroic? I mean, this year's this year's uh, awardee for the uh, on the back the blue award uh, is a is a female cop who put her life on the line at a moment's notice without even thinking about it. Mm. You know, I mean, but that happens every day in some community around the country. So it's a challenge to bring it, to bring it all together, but a lot of fun. And the families, I mean, oh, yeah. these, they, you have to have the backing of, you know, your wife or your husband or your families to do this work. And the family realizes that when that person leaves the house, there's a chance the person doesn't come back. I mean, you know that firsthand. You know that firsthand every single day. And that's why it's been amazing to have you be a part of it as well. You feel it. Um, you get it. You were on stage with us last year, right? I wasn't there last year. Not last year. But the, the previous year I was. Okay. And I remember it was, I, it, I get it. I, I just know that these people, it's a calling for yeah. them and their family has to understand that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why the families often come up on stage too. Certainly the families travel with and almost always that's the first person they thank too. Mm. They endure it every single day. I think, I mean, that's why I've always, I came back from my deployments with such a deeper respect for first responders 
than I ever otherwise did before. I mean, my parents taught me to, you know, support the cops and the firefighters and everything that they do for us. But then when you go on a deployment and then you realize they live a deployment, it's different because you're with your family, but it's actually more difficult in some ways because you are with your family yeah. as opposed to with a bunch of knucklehead dudes in another country. You know, <laughs> nobody has their family. Your family is, is a reality every single day. And I saw it in combat. If there were guys that were too, too close to home, meaning calling to home too often mm. and trying to like call at a certain time so they could catch their kids before they go to bed and then they would miss them one day and then that would mess with their head. <sighs> it means they, they were not absorbed enough in the mission yeah, because they were thinking too much about what was going on at home. Mm. Well, that's what you guys have to do every day. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It made our job more challenging, which means that is the, inherently the challenge of first responders in our country they know their choice in that moment is an action that could put them in harm's way or going home safely to their wife and kids mm -hmm. or their husband. That, that's the challenge every single day. And, we, and not, again, not to get political, but if there are other complications that get into that decision cycle, yeah. then, then their actions change mm -hmm. and rationally and understandably. Yeah. What do you think it is about Fox and how we respect these people more than any I, it makes me angry sometimes because these people need to be respected not just by us but everyone yeah i mean it makes me proud to be a part of it proud to be here proud to be in this building proud to work with these people i've never met a person to include people with differing points of view on our network who doesn't have the utmost and deepest respect uh for our country and for those who serve it that used to be the baseline across the board mm. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe, I don't know, what was it, the 40s? I don't know how far back you need to go per se, but that was the standard automatic baseline. Okay, we might disagree on marginal tax rates. <laughs> okay, we might, dis you know, on all the, but we love this country yeah. and we appreciate our cops and we love our military. And we've had blips in that, Vietnam, certainly a huge scar in that and other things. But when we're at a point where there's really at the, at the top level, only one network that takes that as a default, oh, sad, dangerous, yeah. and sad. Many times my husband will be watching and and we'll salute, you know, the, the Navy or the armed forces or, uh, you know, we'll have a, a, a bike ride for veterans. And he's like, nobody else does that. No one else does that except Fox. It's amazing. That wouldn't, I don't think if, if, if we rewind 25 years, that probably wasn't the case. Maybe there were, maybe CNN would be willing to, they can't do that anymore <sighs> because in their minds, they're, they're virtue signaling something that, that uh, they should otherwise be ashamed of because something says that that's not as good as they think it is. I mean, it's, it's such a distorted self-loathing view of the world yeah. when you actually deconstruct it. It means you can't stand for anything. Mm. Anything other than the latest thing that everyone tells you you have to be for, uh, post that or say this, otherwise you're anti this or anti that. Once you liberate yourself from that, and a lot of it, I mean, frankly, it comes back to faith too in this building, a place where you can openly talk about your faith. That's not the case at other, at other networks. You don't hear anchors talking about their, their faith mm. openly and proactively as, as a product of their life. When you understand we're all sinful, we all make mistakes, nothing is perfect, nothing is perfectible. Uh, then you can appreciate America for what it is, not because it's perfect, but because it's the best thing going. Mm -hmm. And my goodness, we've been through a lot. And it's like a marriage that's been through a lot. Like we've got a choice now. We can work through it 
or we can part ways. And I'd rather not part ways. Yeah. I think we can work this thing out. But we have to agree that America is a good place. Yeah. And here at Fox, we agree on that. Yes. And then we can have conversations about everything else, mm-hmm. which the fact that that is special and rare in our media is very disheartening. It's also the reason why we're number one. Yeah. It's also the reason why Greg is beating the networks in late night. Right. It's because they've all decided to condescend to people and they've forgotten what we remember every day. Going back to the Hollywood Awards, remember I used to watch the Oscars and it wasn't that political. You know, jokes were said, but it didn't feel like you were digging or making fun of a party or saying you're stupid because you voted for this person. Right. No, it was it was appointment television for my mom. I know. Me, too. I, I mean, it was, what was it? The red carpet for what? What's the main one? The E channel or whatever? The E channel yeah. for, for the Oscars or the, the, the Golden Globes or take yep. your pick. In households across America, that was like the Super Bowl for certain people. Yes. And they were going to watch the lead up and they were going to, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would maybe know better than me. I don't know. That's just not the case anymore. No, I can't watch it. And it was required television. It was. It went from required television yes. to I can't even watch it. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I guess I kind of felt that with the NFL and the kneeling stuff a little bit. I can, I, now I'm back on the NFL train because I'm, I'm such a loser. It's okay. I can't, I can't get away from it. But that's a, that talk about a fall all because they couldn't keep the politics out of it. Yeah. And that's what. The success is, I think, the secret sauce for the Patriot Awards is. Mm-hmm. I think you know where my politics are. Yeah. I think you know where most people's politics are on that stage. Tonight, not about politics. Right. Not going to make not going to make the joke about this or this. And it's going to come right after what will probably be a very good night for Republicans uh, on Tuesday. So there'll be a lot of reasons to, to celebrate or talk about. We're not talking about that hmm. at the Patriot Awards. The Patriot Awards is about our country and those who serve it and being grateful for it. Our, and I think that's what the secret sauce is. And the minute we started to get political with it, yeah, I think that's when you create our own set of problems. Even if our viewers would love it and I would love it. That's not the point. Let's, let's throw a fastball down the middle and that's what we're going to do. I love that. We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. Do you know how many people are getting into service these days? Are the numbers low or are they about the same? I just am curious because of the political uh, nature that we're into right now. Are they like, well, I really want to go and serve, but that sounds Republican to me. It's a great question. And the overwhelming answer is numbers are way down. Oh, Army, arm, the army lowered its recruiting goals and then missed those recruiting goals by 15,000 recruits. Now, there are a lot of reasons for it. You got macro, macroeconomic reasons. If you have other opportunities, you might not join the military. Okay. Um, you've got vaccine requirements, mm. um, which have prevented, we lost a lot of experience. Are they people. still in place? <clears throat> They're still in place. Oh my gosh. They're still in place. There are some conversations about whether or not service members eventually will be allowed back in mm-hmm. uh, much like we've seen some in some industries I think in New York and others where they've Ugh. said you can have your job back I mean what a disaster but the amount of experienced people usually and it would be principled people yes. who you kick out of whatever service it is because of a, a experimental vaccine that their kids and grandkids and friends and others I know many people who said I wanted to be a navy seal I was planning to do it but I don't want to take the vaccine so I'm not joining the military. Oh and these people would risk their lives. Navy seals. They want to go into be navy seals and, and they're like nope but I until they lift the requirement on the jab I'm not doing it. 
I mean, that's a real thing. Um, you also have physical fitness. The reality is m- overwhelming percent of kids coming out of high school are not physically or mentally fit to join wow. the military. Yep. It's only like 20% or 15% that can actually qualify. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, we're fat and we're lazy and we're, we're not smart enough. I mean, that's, so what, what this happening is the army's lowering its standards. I'm talking just about the army, but it's the whole entire military. Yep. They lower standards then, which means you get a lower quality soldier or Marine in those forces. That's all before you get to the politics of the fact that now you've got the perception and not just the perception, the reality that the military is going woke or purging a certain political perspective, which we saw after effectively after January 6th and others who they put at the top of the DOD. There are most of the recruitment inside the military is a generational thing. And you know this from from the first responder world, too. Yeah. My dad was a cop. Yep. My, my grandpa was a firefighter. I'm going into the family business. Mm-hmm. Same in the military. You're getting generations now saying, son. Daughter, I don't want you to join the military because mm-hmm. I don't want you to be a part of an institution that's teaching you that because you're white, you might be an oppressor. And if you're black, you might be oppressed or they're lowering standards to the place where it makes you more vulnerable in combat. Oh, I'm fine with with women in combat if they meet the same standards, Yeah, which is what they told us they would do, which, of course, they didn't do. So they've lowered the standards for everybody. So now my son in an infantry platoon is in there with women who are not as capable as 10 years ago they would have been if it had been all men, males in that platoon. Yeah. Who wants that? Right. And that's not an anti-woman statement. No, listen, a fire not department. Not at all. If, I, if my house is on fire, I want somebody that's able to carry Same me. Same thing with the fire department, with the police department. I don't care. Women should have access to all of it. Yes. Just play by the same rules. That's right. Because this is life or death. Yeah. And that has changed. And so when all of that, and then you have the leadership, Austin, Millie, and then you have Afghanistan, debacle. Like we don't, we just retreat and leave our ship behind. Yeah. Like all of that is in the background for young kids who are deciding whether they want to shave their head. And go to basic training and join the military. Well, if I if I wanted to get woke, I could just go to the most recent college next door, you know? So they're, we're missing our recruiting goals big time. We have a crisis of identity inside our military. And uh, it's going to take the next administration to rapidly turn that around. Otherwise, we're looking at a situation where the next war we need to fight. Which could gonna, happen. Which could happen. We've got a hollowed out military. Oh, God, Pete. Sorry. It's okay. No, listen, <laughs> I think... People need to be aware of that. We can't just like live with rose-colored glasses. Exactly. America is not inevitable. Like the fact that we're going to win if there was a World War III, not inevitable. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money and a lot of ambition and a lot of guns yeah. and a lot of technology, most of which they stole from us. Mm. Uh, and we're asleep at the wheel. And that's scary for the cause of freedom, not the threat to democracy way they talk, the cause of freedom in a, in a free world it can slide toward autocracy very quickly and in a lot of regimes and a lot of places that's where it is mm-hmm. so what do we look forward to this well this will air this weekend so we've got the patriot awards yes patriot next, awards week. Is next week yep 
I mean, it's just going to be so much fun. I'm I, excited. I'm going to get. I'm, I'm there for most of the week. Uh, the shows are going to start showing up. So on Wednesday, if you got the special tickets, you can go watch the live. You know, watch the five live. You can Has watch that ever Tucker happened live. Before have we done all the shows? Not before? all the shows. Wow. It's not every show, but okay. it's a lot of them. Yeah. Um. So more shows have deployed to the Patriot Awards. Yes. And so you're going to start to get that vibe, that feel, right? So, and then Fox and Friends is there on Thursday morning, and yep. we're there from I think it probably be on stage, and you're in there. So you're just seeing the environment as they're getting it ready, and it's fun to be there a couple days in advance because you watch the theater come alive mm-hmm. as as the staging is built. And it just kind of, it's when you get the first tweak in your stomach, like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. Yeah. You know, you and I, we don't really get n- nervous. I don't oh, know. I, I don't want to speak for nervous. you. I do. But on an average day, for the most part, if mm. you're doing, if you're doing, you know, you're, there might be a little bit, but you're not, I understand. there's not a gut feeling like, yeah. Ugh. That's when I'm sitting backstage on that one. I'm like, mm, this is, I got to get this right. But listen, it's you. You, know? you are hosting this. You're the guy. You're yeah. the Johnny Carson that we still love. Oh, the curtain opens. <laughs> It's a neat feeling. It's about the closest thing to what it might feel like to be, you know, in a band or something. Oh. You know what I mean? At a rock concert. Yes. Because you just walk out and it's just. Yeah. And it seas of people and spotlights. And and again, that's the moment where I'll think about my guys. I might even say that this year. I should. should. I should I'm going to say that oh. um, because it's exactly where my head goes. And then, you know, you're also sitting there looking out at all your peers or your <laughs> colleagues. But right? they're all big fans. Oh, I know. And I'm big fans of them. Yeah. So you're going, oh, I don't want to mess this up. Aww. Sean's right over there. There's Janice. <laughs> oh, oh, Bongino. Oh, man. That, We're going to be standing up and cheering That joke on. didn't land. <laughs> Gutfeld's not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just fun. It, 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 it's, I think it is also a reflection of the, the family feel that is Fox. We can overplay that. Yes, this is a job. And yes... There's not really a person that I run into in this building that I don't enjoy spending time with. Yeah. And you see that and you feel that. And in that environment, getting to see those people is really, really neat. So special. It's so special. And I hope you're there when we close down whatever bar it is we land at after the show. You know who I am. Of course I'm going to be there. Of course, you know I'll be there too. Tell me, tell me about the guys that you're going to think about. Oh my goodness. Um, I just think of, I think of the guys who were, you know, when we were setting up remote patrol bases, when I was a platoon leader in Iraq, uh, and we had to man shifts of, you know, overwatch as we were overwatching a piece of road and terrain and the guys sleeping in the dirt around the corner who, you know, who's, what I love about the military is you're all wearing camouflage and you have no idea what their background is. Mm. Meaning were their parents rich or poor? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, were they popular in high school or not? Like, none of that matters. I have no idea. And Even I'm th- playing field. I'm thinking of Sergeant Ike right now he, because of a certain attack that happened and something that happened to him. And I'm not in touch with him right now. That's just one name I'm pulling up out of nowhere. But I don't, you know, again, he comes back, gets a job, moves on with life, family, whatever it is. And, and frankly, you'll meet a lot of guys who are in intense combat who lost more guys here at home than they did overseas wow. to suicide mm-hmm. um, because you can't put it away. Right. And I just, I think of those long days and long nights where we had nothing but, you know, dr- dehydrated milk and cereal in, in, you know, the temporary bowls and that's all you would eat. And, you know, you're griping about whatever problem you've got that day, but it's the best days of your life mm. with the most amazing patriots who would, would do anything for you in that moment, mm. uh, especially when the bullets are flying. And then they come home, and, and yeah, I'm in touch with a lot of them. You know, we text. I've got my knucklehead text exchanges with a bunch of these guys. But you lose track of, with a lot of them, too. 
and you don't know where they are. And every once in a while, I'll get an email or a note from somebody being, hey, this is specialist so-and-so. You know, we serve together here. And so you, and there's a reunion that we do for some of the guys I serve with in Guantanamo Bay. And man, they came back and they, you know, they work for Amtrak or they work for a construction company or they're prison guards. They are salt of the earth, grateful, hardworking, God-fearing family people. They're the bedrock of our nation. They're the generation like World War II that came home and built it. And so I, I just, um, it'll all flash through because, because I feel so unworthy. And I mean that. No, no, no. Because what I did was such a tiny, tiny fraction. I'm sure Sean would say the same thing. Tiny, tiny fraction of what, um, what so many other guys did. Some of the other guys did so much more for such a longer time. And so I do stand there grateful for the gratitude that the audience has, but knowing that I, sh- I am just a vessel for other people who deserve the same level of gratitude. Tell us how people can watch if they don't have tickets. Oh, yeah. So Fox Nation Live... If you don't have the app, then you haven't been watching Fox News for the last <laughs> five years. Uh, first responders, vets still get a f- uh, for one year free. So download the app. You can watch it live. You can sling it onto your TV if you want. You can get it on a smart TV. You can watch uh, Fox Nation on a smart TV. So you, it's, it's like any other award show in that sense. I think it's going to be the most fun to watch live. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be, we'll repackage it and put it on the app so you can watch it later. And then I think there'll be a version that runs on the channel. But then you'll be taking what is a 90-minute program and putting it into 44 minutes. So you're going to lose a lot of the flavor. Yep. So live on Fox Nation uh, is the way to do it. And you can s- subscribe to Fox Nation that morning uh, to watch it. But you will not be disappointed. Let me tell you that. What are you thankful for as we come up to Thanksgiving? Oh, my goodness. I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. It is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the birth of Jesus, Easter all are far more significant. But as far as the enjoyment, what am I thankful for? I mean, I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my kids and my wife and um, for God's grace. Mm. For It's amazing. As you get older, it's just an aging thing. We know that. Like... How, how much you recognize what really matters yes. and where goodness actually comes from mm-hmm. and that our time on earth is finite and God gave it to us um, to honor him. The source of wisdom starts there. And I realized, whoa, my only job is to make sure my kids know that. Yes. And that my kids know that sooner than I figured it out because <laughs> it took me a long time. Yeah. And you start to, it starts not weigh on you, but you start to realize all this other stuff is superfluous. Like, are they good at sports? Mm. Are, they, are they grateful? Do they, do they know their savior? Are they respectful? Are they hardworking? Um, that's what I want. And so thankful for them. I'm thankful we're all going to be gathered together. We're in the middle of some construction right now. So we're going to be, all nine of us are going to be gathered together in a two bedroom, one bathroom. <laughs> That's a reality TV show. It is. Two on bedroom, one bathroom, 400 square foot, maybe. Oh, that is fun. Little guest house <laughs> that we have. So it's going to be tight, but it's going to be fun. Well, I am thankful for you. Well, and- I am thankful for you and your service as a family, oh, which I should recognize as well. You sweet person. Um, and thank you for your service. I, I appreciate it, Janice. All right. We'll see you on the Patreon. You got words. it. You got it. And with drinks. With this time drink with drinks for real. <laughs> yeah. This is the second time we did it yeah. while vowing we would do it. Oh, it's happening. I think we need a photo so that all your all your listeners yeah. can confirm that we are speaking truth. I don't think they need the confirmation, <laughs> but we'll do it anyway. No, they believe us. <laughs>
they believe us. I love you, buddy. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Love you, too. Thank you so much, Pete. I hope you will all tune in to the Patriot Awards this Thursday night. And Fox and Friends will be broadcasting live from the Hard Rock in Seminole, Florida, Thursday morning and after the show on Friday morning. It's going to be great. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.